Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Nall here with another episode of the Clovis Culture Podcast. Before we dive in today, I just want to let you know that I have some huge news, a giant announcement to make, and I'm going to let you know what that is just as soon as I introduce this week's guest. So please stick around for a very special announcement. My guest today is Charles Bird, and Charles is basically a master of all things productivity, which, for those of you who don't know, may be one of my favorite topics of all time to just absolutely nerd out on. And I don't know why, just for years I have been obsessed with technology and software and time hacking and life hacking and productivity hacking and just trying to optimize my workflow and day-to-day productivity to the nth degree. I genuinely get joy out of optimizing these systems. And lucky for me, I have met Charles who loves these things even more than I do and is just an advanced Jedi compared to me when it comes to productivity. So I'm just dying to bring you this conversation. I hope that you like it as much as I do. So let's talk a bit about Charles Bird. Charles is a Silicon Valley veteran with a deep background in technology, marketing, and education. He has founded and led multiple enterprise-wide departments at a billion-dollar software company and managed programs with budgets exceeding $5 million. Charles is a public speaker, trainer, and lifelong learner. He passionately combines technology and productivity and is a recognized expert in the field. He produces impactful productivity courses and workshops, teaching and presenting to thousands. He is also the founder of the company PureFlow.pro, specializing in productivity training, marketing, and technology to expand your reach. He specializes in the tools and workflows that will organize your team, reduce your anxiety, and double your business. Now, I really love this conversation because Charles and I go into the entire episode with the mindset of helping average, everyday people optimize their productivity, whether or not they are in this crazy world of entrepreneurship or being a CEO or a business owner or a high-performance person. We really just talk nitty-gritty details about how each and every individual from all walks of life, no matter your profession, from billion-dollar CEO to stay-at-home mom, everyone can use these systems to truly optimize their productivity day-to-day, reduce anxiety, reduce stress, and just honestly have a better overall quality of life. It's just like I tell you with nutrition. If you can adopt systems and discipline, your life will improve for the better dramatically. And we'll outline exactly how that happens and the tools to do so in this episode. You will hear an awful lot about apps and tools and devices and software that you can use to optimize your productivity. And Charles has been kind enough to offer you a very special deal. In fact, he wants to give you an Evernote training webinar completely for free, which is insane because I have seen Charles' courses and I know that giving this up for free is a really big deal and you guys should absolutely take full advantage of this. I know you haven't heard it yet, you haven't listened to the episode, but I assure you Evernote can change your life. It changed my life years ago and has worked with me every single day. I'm not kidding, each and every day of my life. I use that app and you can get a free Evernote training webinar from Charles at podcast.killthechaos.com. Pro. That's podcast.killthechaos.pro, P-R-O. And don't worry, all of these links, all the apps, all of the devices will be listed in the show notes for you at clovis.show slash charles. Again, clovis.show slash charles. And you can find all the ways to connect with Charles on all the social media platforms, his company website, and links to all of his courses and everything that we talk about here today. 
Now, before we dive in, I promised you a big announcement, and I will not disappoint here. So, if you are a part of my Facebook groups online, the Clovis Academy or I Am Clovis, you already know that I have made the tremendously difficult decision to discontinue five of my perfect paleo powder formulas. That's right. Five of my seven formulas will no longer be available just as soon as I sell out of them. This was a very big decision for me to make. There were a lot of factors at play. I spent a very long time thinking about it before making this decision. Um, I'll spare the details here because that's not what this episode is about. I just want to let you know that if you go to IamClovis.com right now, I-A-M-C-L-O-V-I-S.com, you can get bags of select formulas of the Perfect Paleo Powder for just $30 a bag, which is absolutely insane. This is the lowest price in the history of Clovis, the lowest price I have ever offered on the Perfect Paleo Powder. And once these bags sell out, they are gone forever. I want to repeat that. These products will not be manufactured again. Once they sell out, they are gone forever. So if you love these formulas, if you love Digest and Rest, the pre-workout formula, the post-workout formula, if you really love these formulas, you need to get your hands on as many bags as you possibly can right now. Because once they sell out, they are gone for good. I highly suggest that you go ahead and stockpile the formulas that you love. The sealed bags can hang out in your pantry for as long as you need them to, and there is no limit on how many bags you can buy. You can literally just get on there and buy to your heart's content. Also, there is no coupon code. There is no special instructions, no nothing. By the time you hear this, the prices will already be changed and updated on the I Am Clovis website. So head over to IamClovis.com and get your hands on $30 bags of the Perfect Paleo Powder right now before everybody else does because once they sell out, they're gone for good. That's it. All right, I'll leave it at that. That's all for special announcements this week. Please enjoy this productivity conversation with the master himself, Mr. Charles Bird. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Justin Nall here with another episode of the Clovis Culture Podcast. My guest today is Charles Bird, and he's basically a wizard of all things productivity, technology, and digital software. Um, basically, Charles specializes in the tools and workflows that can help you organize your life, reduce your anxiety, and really just boost your overall productivity. So, Charles, thank you so much for being here, man. Welcome to the show. Justin, thanks so much for having me. You are very welcome, man. I am excited to dive in. So, I want to kind of start from the beginning with you because your story is very interesting to me. Um, so, for anybody that's listening who's maybe an entrepreneur or probably even those who aren't entrepreneurs, we hear these terms thrown around, um, particularly from like motivational speaker types on social media. We hear these terms like productivity hacking or life hacking, time-saving apps, et cetera, et cetera. But I really want to talk about how this became your profession, like how this ended up your career path. Like how did this happen for you? Yeah, so I've always had an interest in technology and and uh, apps when those came to be. I mean, this goes this goes way back. One of the first things I wanted when I was a kid was a robot. And um, my mom uh, always felt bad she never got me a robot, but she got me the drum set. And, you know, that, that led into some uh, music career for a while. But um, then even in uh, when I worked in the Silicon Valley, I was always into tech and toys and cameras. 
um, just different things technology related. And the type of work I did at the time, I got a business degree, did what everyone said you're supposed to get a degree and go get a job. Mm. Uh, no one, no one alluded to the fact you could be an entrepreneur for some reason. <laughs> um, so I did that. I uh, got a job with a a big technology company, a software company in the Silicon Valley. And I worked my way up there doing tech support, project management, program management, and ultimately like managing $5 million plus budget projects. And like, there's no room for screwing those up. So you have to have systems that enable your success. And I remember one of the catalysts specifically, I I came in one day and one of the VPs is like, I'm looking forward to your presentation. And I'm like, yeah, next Tuesday, like usually he's like, no, we need everything in half an hour. I'm like, went to my office, I'm sweating bullets. I'm like, the stuff's in all these systems. How am I going to put this together? And it was so annoying and stressful. I was like, I need to design a system so that I can capture things that are important to me and be able to find them within five seconds. Mm -hmm. And so I, I research tools and come up with very optimized workflows to streamline everything. So that's kind of the uh, short version of the origin story there. But I really love, love tech, love optimization, because it frees you to have a higher quality of life and lowers your stress at the same time. Absolutely, man. It's so interesting. One, I don't know that I knew you had a bit of a music career. That's awesome. <laughs> well, I played in a band for 15 years um, and we were doing about 75 shows a year uh, wow. in, the, in the Bay Area. I mean, career is relative. I still went to school, had then at, then had my day job, but but yeah, we were doing a lot of shows. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Just more that we have in common on top of our productivity nerdiness. <laughs> right. But yeah, man, before we like dig into the nitty gritty of, of the actual details of all this, that's really what, what struck me about you was these systems that you have in place. So um, we met in Croatia, obviously, and I saw you give your talk and was really, we, we hit it off very quickly talking about these systems. I kind of came into this entrepreneur world from my music career after being introduced to the four hour work week and Tim Ferriss and his kind of optimization of time. I didn't even know that this world existed. It's like you said in school, it's like nobody really tells you you can be an entrepreneur. It just, that kind of happens somehow in life. But as you and I talked about these systems that you've built out, I was thinking of Clovis in my head and I had this kind of like this weird thought where it's like, oh, this is a bummer because I wish my podcast audience was all entrepreneurs so we could do a killer podcast and teach everybody all these amazing systems that you've built but it really took me a minute to, to kind of stop and think and realize that all of the systems and workflows that you help people optimize can absolutely be applied to all walks of life. And I started thinking about like, you know, stay at home moms, parents of multiple kids and bills and taxes and car maintenance. Like they can use these systems the same way a billion dollar CEO could, right? Absolutely. In fact, that's one of the points I make in my trainings is that these systems ways of thinking uh, and tools, they, they help you just as much professionally as they do personally. And they help you just as much with your internal world as the external world all in one system that you trust. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I'm a parent, I have two kids. Um, so things related to the kids, things related to my own uh, hobbies and things I, I like doing, restaurants, um, like 
uh, different recipes, the car maintenance, like you said, taxes. I'm using the exact same systems that I use for the, the business as well. So your point, I'm glad you connected those dots because to me, this is about elevating uh, your control. So you, you're more calm. You know exactly how to manage information and plan your day to be most effective. Um, like remodeling a house, there's a lot of details involved or planning a vacation or a trip. Uh, you, you don't want the details getting lost because that's what creates stress when you're hunting for things and, and don't know where they are. Yeah, I think it both creates stress and it you can't really optimize for things like saving. If you're comparing certain prices on flights or traveling or things like that, it's really when when you've seen one price and now you see another price and you can't remember what the old one was because you didn't <laughs> capture it, you know, just those little things that are just, they add to stress, their time sucks and you can actually, you know, lose money even if you're just not an entrepreneur, you know? Yeah, it's a fact. A great example because I've been booking a bunch of flights. I'm going to Banff in a week and a half, and and nine cities over the next ten weeks. So those details, whether you're traveling for pleasure or business, um, when the details get lost, that's when the the stress levels go, go up. You're like, did I put that in Google Docs? Or I think I got an email about that. Or mm-hmm. where is it? Um, and most people don't have specific uh, triggers that cause them to follow behaviors that put them in a specific place. And I like teaching uh, what I call the I dig it, I need it bell. It's the bell that goes off in your head when you recognize something's interesting, important, or actionable. And that's your cue to save it into a system you trust. Mm. Uh, so, You'll hear that bell when you get that unsolicited um, testimonial or, or client says what a great job you did or your flight itinerary comes in for your vacation. You're probably going to need that. You'll hear a bell in your head. It sounds a little like this. And that's your cue <laughs> to save it into a system you trust. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. It's it's such a big deal. And I, I definitely want to talk about the anxiety side of things as well, because once I finally had my system in place, we can get into that as well. Uh, I mean, it just sleep quality. <laughs> you lay that your head hits the pillow and you're no longer just this spinning wheel of death in your brain like as you try to sleep it. I mean, it's worth it just for that, just for that peace of mind, you know? Yeah, it, it is. Really, this is part of a more holistic way of thinking about productivity. I mean, we hear about certain tools or this one hack that fixes everything. Truth is, we need balance throughout our life and systems throughout our life. We need triggers. I I kid you not, I have triggers in my house to remind the family to head into the nighttime routine. Mm. All the lights in the house blink and um, the Amazon Alexa says, hey kids, time to get ready for bed. That goes off at 7.15. And that helps us go, oh, wait, okay, whatever I was doing, I should start thinking about moving my evening forward because, as we all know, if if you start winding down well before bedtime, by the time it is bedtime, fall asleep much easier, which makes it easy to get up and go for a run like I did today. I mean, I I I live on both sides of the spectrum. Things aren't always perfect or smooth, but... Um, when we always can fall back to uh, 
behaviors that we know bring positive outcomes, then we're we're clearly going to be better off. Yeah, it's the idea of, you know, the, the Jocko Willink phrase of, of discipline equals freedom. I've always just been a, a huge fan of that. This idea of living in chaos where you just get to do whatever you want all the time or, or there's no systems in place. It's, it sounds like freedom, but it's really, in my experience, and that's like a prison cell where you really just, you're not in control of your own life. Everything external is controlling you and that that's no way to live. Yeah, that's been my exact experience as well. It it doesn't sound like having specific routines equals freedom, but it unequivocally does. We we could use uh budgeting as a as an example. You could spend your money on whatever until you're out and then a real bill comes and you're like, "Oh no." <laughs> um, but if you systematically are putting away a certain amount where it doesn't even get deposited in your account, it goes straight to your uh retirement that's where it builds and having some type of nest egg like that gives you freedom. You breathe deeper, you sleep better. And it's the same with productivity, time management, um, and having systems and routines that support your success. Yeah. I think a lot of the fear that comes with that too is, is usually unwarranted. The, the human brain does, it's really odd the way that we will trick ourselves into thinking that like, well, I can't save for retirement because I can't afford it. And this feels like a pain point. I can't give up, you know, $50 a week from my paycheck. That's crazy. But then once it's built into a system and it's automated, you know, three weeks go by and you forget it's even happening. You're like, oh, wow, I could have been doing this for years. I wouldn't have even noticed it. Yeah, precisely. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of systems that take the thinking out of it. I'll I'll use a food example. If you're not at the store and bring back uh, well sugary fattening foods when they're in your house, now you have a battle or decision to make every time you open that cupboard. But if that food never makes it in the house, the decisions around your house are a lot easier. It's just not there. So you you don't have to have the the battle in your head of, am I going to have it? No, no, no. I'll, no, I'm going to eat it. Next thing you know, uh, you're like self-loathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's so funny. He's running a nutrition company. I talk about that all the time. I'm like, let's talk about the ROI of if you walk into a grocery store and you know you're going to buy a bunch of junk walking through the, through the aisles, then it's 2019. Get the groceries delivered to your house. Don't step in the store, you know, make sure if you know you're going to buy the potato chips, don't go to the store where the potato chips exist, you know? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and and when it comes to organization, uh, there's just some basic fundamentals you can put in place that really simplify everything else. Um, and again, I, I've experienced both sides of this. I I had a dryer my dryer went out and our fridge had a problem at different times. And one of them, I perfectly followed my system. I was able to find the receipt for the uh, fridge within five seconds. I, I'm a big fan of tagging information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the dryer, I figured out why I couldn't find the receipt. It's because my brother actually paid for it, but it wasn't in my system. So I'm mm. literally for two and a half hours going through emails, digging through all this stuff. And it's time that you certainly hadn't planned to waste hunting for something. So one, it's stealing your time. It's making you highly frustrated, which means you're not going to be as fun to be around for anyone else versus having systems you trust 
that make things just dirt simple. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I want to I want to dig into this now because obviously we've given this kind of overarching idea of how this applies to everybody, really. But there's this concept that people may or may not have heard that I that I get I hear it get thrown around a lot. This idea of building a second brain or building a, a a second digital brain or something like that. So can we start climbing into how this kind of works? This idea of using technology as our friend because the way that I understand it, and I know you can go way deeper on this than I can. That the human brain is is seems to be particularly bad at me- remembering the things that we demand it to remember. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I was interviewing David Allen uh, about a month and a half ago, and he's got the whole mind like water and getting things done approach. And the fact is, the human brain is a terrible place to store things because they bounce around in our head from the moment we open our eyes off the pillow. We're like, oh yeah, I need to call Susan and uh, need to go get, pick up the cake for the party and stuff starts uh, bouncing around in your head and the, and it's not prioritized. Everything feels like it's almost of equal necessity of your time and attention. So one of the key tricks is getting it out of your head and uh, just write them down, put them in an app, could be on post-it notes for that matter but get them out of your head. And then you can objectively sit back and look at those and go, wait, this one I actually don't have. That's not a real priority. I can do that later or just not do it. This one has to get done. And then you can choose your top three goals for that day because we've all had those days where we we get to the end of a day that we've been working on stuff all day but we realize we didn't work on the important things and we feel empty inside because we've been working all day, but the big things that matter didn't get touched. Mm. So we have to consciously identify what those big things are that do matter based on what's important to us and then choose your top three goals for the day. And I'm a a big fan of uh, Pomodoro timers. You set your 25-minute timer and track the time you spend on the things that are important to you. Um, I also like making little scoreboards um, of like, if I think a certain project, I want to put two or three hours toward it, break it into 25 minute increments. And uh, I sometimes use those big uh, post-it note boards. Have you seen those? They're paper and they stick on the wall. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just draw the four or five boxes, check them off on the way because you need systems. This is based on a book called The Four Disciplines of Execution. Okay. Um, the You need scoreboards to tell if you're winning or losing within five seconds. And so that could be anything. Maybe you have a, a home project. Like right now, I want to I wanna kind of revamp our backyard. I'm not particularly thrilled with how it looks. So that's a bigger project. It takes planning, researching plants you could put in a backyard like that. Um, it's like, it's not just a small thing, like pick a new shirt. It's, it's a bigger project. So you can break it into bite-sized chunks and start prioritizing, uh, time toward it. So it's, uh, it's just nice to put a little forethought into it. So we're not getting to the end of the day feeling empty, even though we've been working on stuff all day. Yeah, particularly the projects like like you're saying with your backyard, these things that are so multifaceted. There's just so many different aspects to them. They're going to take, you know, probably multiple weeks, maybe even months for projects of that size. 
And I really never thought about it the way that you just said that, but you wake up in the morning, your brain starts spinning, everybody feels this, and the brain really doesn't prioritize. It's just, here's thought number one, here's thought number two, here's thought number three. So that, that idea of getting them out is, is critical. And I, I think it's fair to say that for you, kind of the hub of this whole thing, this kind of workflow and systems and, and everything for you seems to be Evernote, correct? Yeah, in in my uh, the way I teach stuff and just from my own experience, Evernote is the foundational tool. And I'm sure most of your audience has probably heard of Evernote. It's the little elephant icon. You've seen it in the app stores. It's on every platform. Um, so Evernote's the foundation. It's a lovely information repository where you can collect anything that's interesting or important to you from the web, from paper documents, from receipts, forms, uh, things on your cell, on the phone, at work and at home. And it is a, it helps you not get overwhelmed because the way I teach using it, it's actually fairly simple at, at a high level. It's anything, whether you think of it or it's on your screen or it's a paper on your desk, that strikes you as interesting, important, or actionable, that's your cue to save it into Evernote. And then the, the next trick is tagging it. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of tags. Now, some people may wonder what those are. Typically with, with information, we can either put it into folders. In Evernote's case, they call them notebooks. So, you know, for your insurance statements, maybe you make an insurance notebook and just drop those in there and it's it's like a, a nice representation of the physical world with file cabinets and folders and so forth but think about an example where you're talking to your realtor gretchen about a real estate project that happens to be a building project where are you going to put those notes or information about that are you going to put it in the gretchen notebook or the real estate notebook mm -hmm. or the building project notebook because uh, it could be in any one of them, really. Yeah. And this is this is the magic of tags. You can tag it, Gretchen. You can tag it, building project. You can tag it, real estate. And then based on how you think about it in the future, like if my wife came in and asked, how's it going with the building project? I can search by that tag and find anything related to the building project. Mm -hmm. Or if the phone rings out of the blue and it's Gretchen, I can go to the Gretchen tag and pull up anything about that, including this, this note, or when she invited us to the farmer's market, you're giving yourself different context hook points to get back to specific information easily in the future by searching for one to two words. Absolutely. That was huge for me. I, I took a lot of notes at your talk in Croatia and, and tagging was one of the biggest things because you had this um, really clever system. I don't have the notes in front of me, but you, you did like kind of like a who, what, why like you really yeah. spelled out the tags i've got i've got it for you i made a i made a rhyme i think since last time we talked okay um, who what where why tags are better than apple pie <laughs> that's great <laughs> uh one of my new clients actually got one of those ticker printer tapes and stuck it on his monitor yeah who, what, where why tags are better than apple pie because for a lot of people and including me when i started using tags many years ago they feel nebulous. You're like, well, wait, uh, what do I tag it? And how do I know I'm going to remember that in the future? But with who, what, where, why, think about mm -hmm. this, this flight I just booked to uh, Banff, what would I tag that? 
Well, um, I tagged it flight. I tagged it Banff. I tagged it based on the event I'm going to. I also tagged it based on my friend's name who's running that event. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you why that's so relevant. So when we, you and I were in Croatia, I was hanging out with the video crew there. This is an entrepreneur event and they had a video team. And I wanted to tell them about a video conference I was invited to be part of, but I forgot the name of the woman who invited me and I forgot the name of the event, which you would think that would be the end of that conversation. But with this system of who, what, where, why, I'm like, okay, hang on. So in Evernote, I filtered by tag and I, I knew the event was in San Diego. So that's the where. Search for San Diego, boom. And I'm like, well, what's that conference about? It's about video. So I filtered by first San Diego and then video conference comes immediately up on my screen. I tell them about it. And that is the power of being able to pull stuff up later based on the context, you're able to remember details about it. It's also a perfect example of that term, second brain. You literally, your first brain failed. You used your second brain. And particularly when you're in a place like Croatia, where the water is basically dry farm wines. <laughs> it's, like, it's really, really hard for that first brain to do what you need it to, you know? <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. It unequivocally is my second brain. Basically, anything that strikes me as interesting, important is going in there. I also use task managers. Technically, you can use Evernote as a task manager because mm-hmm. uh, you can put checklists in there, which... For anyone listening, uh, checklists are a magical thing because they also lower stress. Um, when you're on a, having a conversation with someone and there's follow-up actions, just capturing those with a, a checklist or if you do much traveling, packing checklists. How, how many times have you been rolling that roller bag out of your house and you're like, oh no, did I forget my MacBook power cord? Mm-hmm. Uh, did I bring business cards or did I forget my glasses or whatever it is? I've Okay, got an example about that. I was just heading to the Nevada desert week before last and there were some friends I was meeting at an event there and they called me and they said, hey, Charles, we're five hours into our trip. We're super excited, but let me ask you a question do you think we really need the tickets when we get there? And I'm like, um, yeah, yeah, you're, you're going to need the tickets to, to make it into this event. And the thing is, the day before, they had asked me for my checklists, and I gave it to them, and I'm like, guys, uh, tickets were on that checklist, mm-hmm. which they clearly did not use. So they drove back five hours and then had to turn uh. back around. So this is 10 hours of their life because they didn't take 10 minutes to go through a checklist. So I've even had my brother have me drive to SFO to drop off one of these so he could go on his honeymoon. Wow. So my point is sometimes people think, uh, uh, here's, here's the line. I was presenting to this group of entrepreneurs on this and a guy asked me, the host, he's like, how much time do you spend putting stuff in these systems? And I said, mm-hmm. Do you mean how much time do I save because yes. I put stuff in these systems? 
That's huge, man. And it, it, it took me a while too. You, you gave a statistic on this and I was one of those people because I've been using Evernote every day for probably two years now. Um, even so when I met you and I'm watching your, your speech, I'm just like, this is amazing. Cause I like, I'm so into it now, but even still, I learned a ton from you with the type of tagging and everything. But I was one of these people that you talked about in your talk where people download Evernote, open it like maybe one to three times. And then it sits on their system for a year, never touched it again. And I can't remember why, but I just got fed up at some point And I actually took a, long before I knew you, but this, I actually took a course on Evernote. And I really don't think there has been one day of my life that I have not used Evernote since I can, once I did that training course, I was like, this is literally life-changing. It's that big of a deal. I love that you put it that way because people think that sounds crazy. This entire card is about how I changed this guy's life. Yeah, um, yeah. I get, I get these all the time. And it sounds cuckoo. It's like, okay. And, and here's, here's how it goes. People hear, people hear that Evernote is, uh, people hear Evernote's cool, so they go download it. And then they go, wait, this just makes notes. How and when would I even use this? This is kind of stupid. That was my reaction. Yeah. Um, and it takes a, a just a, a, here's an example I use. I have a, a Labradoodle that needs to be run. Otherwise she gets crazy around the house. And I'll take her sometimes on my mountain bike with clip-in pedals. So you your foot physically connects to the pedal and you get power when you push and you get power when you pull. Mm. You actually get 40% more power and it's way easier because you're using two sets of muscles instead of uh, one. And uh, basically what enabled that power to go twice as far with less effort, it was the 30 seconds to put on the shoes. That's what learning these systems are. It's taking yeah. the 30 seconds to learn, oh, that's how you use it. Now everything you do is easier, period. Absolutely. That's such a good analogy for it. It's it's a really big deal. I mean, I think the, I think the training course that I did, I think the one I did was like lynda.com or something like that. But I think it was a total of like 90 minutes. I think it was 90 minutes of my life. And I was taking the notes of the Evernote, Evernote course in Evernote because it has you working with the system. You're seeing the videos and you're using your screen and everything. Just this <laughs> hands-on approach, 90 minutes. I mean, in the last two years, I could not even with a gun to my head calculate the amount of time, money, and effort that I have saved from a 90-minute investment. That's staggering to me. It's true. Uh, I, I have a... a course, the promise of it is spend three hours in the course. You'll save a minimum of three hours a week going forward. And one day I had that, added that up and that adds up to 144 hours a year of reclaimed time, which is 18 working days for taking three hours to learn how to manage information in a highly effective and simple way. No matter where you are, you could be, uh, walking your dog and think of something to being in front of your computer, not to mention pulling it up uh, whenever you need it. In fact, I had a, a piece of furniture at my house, a, a recliner that a bolt fell out. So I called the place that I bought it from and asked for a repair person. They said one would be out the next day. The next day I'm walking Lucy the Labradoodle mm -hmm. and the phone rings it's the repair person. He's like, I can be there in an hour, but I can only come if you tell me the original invoice number from the receipt from seven years ago. And I'm just like, 
inside I'm like, are you kidding? This is ridiculous. Um, I'm like, hold please, launch Evernote, search for the tag receipt, tag name of the store. The original invoice pops up on the screen, read him the number, A85239. He's like, cool, comes out, fixes the chair. It's like that could have been stressful or the chair could have been thrown out. Mm. Instead, it was five seconds to pull it up, problem solved. So when you simplify layer after layer after layer of your life that way, systematically, you really do dial the stress down. You kill the chaos of information overload, um, information domination. And uh, it matters, man. It it just, uh, for me, the time savings is is wonderful, of course, because that's very hard to come by time. But for me, it's the stress reduction that feels so good. You're like, ah, the system saved my ass yet again. Yeah, it's just less worrying. It's a, I'll give you, not even worrying. This is like a funny example I could do because it was it was hilarious to me. But one of my favorite bars here in town is a little tapas bar. It's called Barcelona here in Nashville. And they have this extensive wine list. And some of these wines are biodynamic, like our friends at Dry Farm Wines. So some of these are certified biodynamic, but they're not labeled that on the menu. So they're just thrown in with all the other wines. So I got to know the manager and the manager one day takes this menu and goes through and puts a star on every single wine on this wine list that was biodynamic. So she's like, you know, you can take this, this menu home with you. And this way, when you come in, you'll know which menus are biodynamic. And I literally took my phone out in the restaurant, opened the scannable app. I scanned every page of this thing. And now like I'm actually going there tonight to meet a friend. And anytime I go there, I open my phone and I'm like, I'll take this wine, the biodynamic red. And the waiter's like, I didn't even know we had that. (laughs) And I literally use it in there. They think I'm crazy in there, you know, but it's just hilarious. I couldn't, I couldn't, I'm not going to carry around a paper menu with me every time I go to this place, you know? Oh, of course. Uh, Are you using an iPhone? Yes. Okay. So here is your, uh, here's your ninja trick for that wine list. Okay. Okay. So in Evernote, uh, open that note. You'll have these three little dots in the top corner. Touch that on, this is for folks with iPhones. And then you click on create Siri shortcuts. Oh, that's awesome. And then you can choose any word you want. So you could say wine list, or you could say the name of the restaurant, something that you're going to remember. And no matter what app you're in, you press the Siri button, say your trigger word, maybe it will say wine list, Mm. and it will launch automatically without you lifting a finger. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, I haven't made Siri shortcuts yet. That's so great. Dude, I'm going to take your, I need to take your training course, the whole thing. If you have a three hour (laughs) course, I'm like, this song gets me so excited, man. I like geek out on it. But, and I, so I want to dive in now for real and, and go through exactly what you're doing because Another thing that I've found that people struggle with, and I struggle with like crazy, you touched on this in the beginning of the episode, is before I was using Evernote and had a system, I now use another app in partnership with Evernote called Things. And my to-do list that I had, yeah, my to-do list was the bane of my existence because I had a 200 list to-do list that was just constantly a revolving door, adding new stuff, complete tasks, add new stuff. But what was beautiful about things, when I finally started combining Evernote and things, things has that feature called the today feature. So I can have hundreds of to-do lists in these different little buckets that I put them in. But every morning, like you said, saving time, I just spend a few minutes every morning 
to click and drag just three to five maximum things that I want to do that day. So when I open the list, I only see the to-do tab. I mean, the today tab with maybe three items instead of seeing 250 items and feeling just that crazy anxiety. I, I love it. And you, you and I were chatting about this late at night, all excited because yeah. uh, we have a, a very deep passion for how this feels. So when any of us opens a to-do list of literally hundreds of items, the immediate gut reaction is, oh, <laughs> yeah. this isn't going to work out well. No matter what I do, um, I'm not getting through this. And then we shut down, we get reactive and wonder why we're watching uh, Justin Null on YouTube again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what you uh, just described, I'm a massive advocate of because what we want to do is filter by our top priority items. And then that way, our let's say we have a list of 50 things. If you go through and tag them based on priority, so priority one, two, or three, now you can click the number one and the list shrinks to this. Mm. And then the next thing I do is of that shorter list, I choose my top three and I tag them top three, or you can make a project called top three and mm. put them in there. And then I have one called a current focus. And so now you've gone from 50 things to a fairly manageable day to these are the three that matter. What's the one I'm doing now? Mm, yeah. Okay. So if you don't mind diving into that, um, what are the, if you, if you had to pick like your, your go-to, uh, what, you had that one mind mapping app that you had that was, was blowing my mind on the island. But um, what are like your major apps that kind of work up your workflow? Okay, so you're already using two of them. Um, mm -hmm. So I have a team. I use Asana with my team, but for my own tasks, I use Things 3 for those listening that is available on iOS and Mac. If you happen to be an uh, Android PC version uh, person, I would recommend something like Todoist. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have a team or even delegate stuff to kids or your family, um, you'll want one that you can kind of delegate tasks. But my favorite task management app for personal tasks on iOS and Mac is Things. And mm -hmm. partly because the interface is just a delight to use. And two, it, uh, it's very streamlined for um, keyboard shortcuts. Mm -hmm. So you can make a task from, you could be in any other app and make a task in there and you can either even capture, let's say you're on a web page that triggers an action for you. That's the I dig it, I need it bell at work again. Interesting, important, or actionable. If it's actionable, I send it to things. If it's interesting or important, I send it to Evernote. And uh, basically with, with things, the, uh, the, the next app that works with Evernote things and things is Newton. It's an email app called Newton. It's uh, $50 a year. There's many things I love about the email app, Newton, uh, including it works with as many accounts as you want, and it's got a very clean interface. I, I'm a big fan of a good user experience because if things are annoying to use or create friction, we won't use them. Yes. 
Um, even the smallest thing, I was talking to a client today and I made the example that's true. It's stupid, but it's true. If I even have an empty Amazon box on my treadmill, there's a way higher chance I won't walk on it. Yep. And if the box is not there or something in the way, I probably will walk on it. Is it hard to move an empty box? No, but it's one little barrier that makes me go, ah, I'll do it later. It's the friction, yeah. It's the friction. So, uh, okay, the reason Newton is cool beyond just being a clean, lovely tool to use is, let's say you're looking at an email that triggers the I dig it, I need it bell. Uh, It talks natively to Evernote, talks natively to things. So you can capture, uh, let's say I have an email from you for, uh, something I want to be able to find in the future and reference quickly, I'll send it to Evernote and I can tag it right there without ever leaving the email app Newton. Or if you send me something actionable, I will send it to things. And same in Newton, you click the three buttons uh, next to the uh, email and in things it sends it to the inbox. And the cool thing either way, let's say it was a task and, and the task was to reply to you. Um, when I get to that task in my day, there's a link that I click that takes me directly back to the email. It pops up right in front of me. It's not a task that says go hunt for that email and mm. then reply. You just click it and you're immediately in the email. There, wow. There's no cleaner integration between tool like this is the master workflow it's phenomenal wow that's killer man yeah i need to i need to do the the newton thing that's the only one that i hadn't tackled yet um but i'm definitely going to go down that road so the the other thing i wanted to talk to you about that has been huge for me huge huge and i hadn't purchased one until uh our last phone call that we had that was the idea of going paperless in your home which i have now done and I bought through your link and everything. And, and just so everybody knows too, everything that Charles has mentioned here, things, Newton, Evernote, we're going to talk about this amazing device right now for going paperless. And this will all be set up for you inside the show notes at Clovis.show so you can see all this stuff. So let's chat about uh, going paperless or what, what do you call it? About the You have a term for beating the paper. That's your URL and everything. Oh, well, there's, there's kill the chaos. The, the, the link to the Fujitsu scanner, which is what I believe you're referring to yes. is, um, it is scanner.killthepapertiger.com. Kill the paper tiger. That's what it was. No paper tigers were harmed in the purchasing of that domain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically that's a product from Fujitsu. It's the best scanner on the market and, and has been for years. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a full duplex scanner, meaning it's scanning both sides simultaneously. You can pop a huge stack of like, I had some tax return that was relatively thick and it just sucks it in like a, a, mo- a voracious monster and, and send it straight into Evernote. So the best practice for that, and I've, I've literally had students and clients who've shredded 93 pounds of paper out of their environment. Wow. Um, and that guy in particular said they hadn't seen his desk in 20 years and now his wife loves him more. So, <laughs> you know, there's side benefits to cleaning up the environment. And I will say too, and I, I can't stress this enough, 
when you walk into a messy office or environment, it has a psychological impact on you, whether you like it or not. And it makes it feel like you're behind. It makes it feel like it's a reflection of what's inside of you. Mm. And you feel like everything's clawing for my attention. I'm failing at every direction I look. I might as well give up. And then you're watching YouTube again. Exactly. Um, so I, as part of my routine, if I walk in my office in the morning and notice it's kind of getting a little messy, I'll simply set a five or 10 minute timer and, and uh, just straighten stuff up. And the feeling changes dramatically. It goes from like a 20% to like 110. You're like, oh, I can do this. I am in control. I'm in a nice place. Let's do this. It's a very different feeling uh, inside. So the, the physical environment is, is key. And then, you know, having systems you trust that support what you're up to. Yeah. And I think we talked about this a little bit off air before we started, but I think there's a beauty. My favorite part of entrepreneurship, one of my favorite quotes, I've said this a lot in the podcast is this, this quote of, um, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like entrepreneurship is the fastest path to personal development of just this personal growth type thing, right? So we, we look at what's happening right now, what's incredibly popular. I'm going to say these things and people are going to go, yeah, I've heard of that. Like there's the minimalists. They came out with this book about minimalism and then the documentary on Netflix, Minimalism. And then Marie Kondo came on the scene and everybody's Marie Kondoing their home and they're getting rid of clothes and getting rid of this clutter and everything. But somehow this technology thing is still something that people seem to be afraid of. And, you know, I'm looking at it. When I first got my Fuji scan, uh, it's called the Fuji scan, right? Fujitsu, uh, Fujitsu Snap Scan. Snap Scan, yeah. When I first got the Snap Scan, and this it's like a $400 investment. I was like, that's kind of a big deal, you know? But one of the first things I did, I didn't even know that this would happen, but I converted my whole home into an Airbnb recently. So I'm having to get these kind of personal belongings out of the living space so it's not weird for the people staying there. The next thing I knew, I mean, I, I think I spent 30 minutes just scanning really, really personal pictures of me and my family and me as a little kid and found this great picture of my little sister when she's like eight years old and I'm scanning all these things and I'm like, oh my God, I would have constantly been, it's so easy to lose these things or Marie Kondo your home and throw away a box and lose just precious family memories. Now, all of these things are stored in my family memories in Evernote forever. I, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because, uh, well, two things. One, I avoided buying that scanner for a while because I didn't want to mm -hmm. spend the $400. But then what happens? Piles of paper stack up on your desk. One stacks up next to the other. They get so big, they start collapsing into each other. You scoop them off and make landmines across your floor, walk yeah. in your office one day and go, what the hell's gone wrong? Uh, two, the, the scanner, a best practice for using it uh, you you wouldn't run through a business card with a receipt with an insurance statement. You'd right. run the whole insurance statement through, tag it insurance statement. Then you'd run the business card through, tag it for the person, and then the receipt. So it's scan it, tag it, scan it, tag it, scan it, tag it. I even have stamps. So when the page goes through, I stamp it scanned. And then once I tag it, I, I have a, a stamp for that. And typically they go straight to the shredder, mm -hmm. but if you happen to set it down somewhere, you don't want to wonder if it's scanned or not. Um, That's and then brilliant. as far as then as far as the family memories, 
So, so, so true. I have a tag I use called scrapbook mm. and I also have one for photography, but my kids make artwork and uh, these are things you don't keep all your kids artwork, but some of it's pretty good and you don't want to lose it. And you not, you don't know where it's going to end up. It could end up anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I teach them, they make art and they come and scan it themselves. They yeah. go, dad, go check out Evernote. There's new artwork in there for you. Um, and so, so cool. if I pull up the tag scrapbook, there's art from them. There's pictures from me with long hair in high school when I was super cool. And, <laughs> uh, you know, stuff that you're right. Um, we live in an era where pictures taken are all digital. If you're doing it right, they're backed up in iCloud and Google and, you know, Dropbox and stuff. But those physical pictures, uh, if if there was like a fire or a hurricane or tornado, mm-hmm. that stuff's gone for good unless it's captured in a system you trust. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's actually really meaningful what I found going through these old photo albums and stuff because now I'm running actual photo albums through this because I want this practice. But it's so funny because nowadays it just feels like the the pictures on your phone are overwhelming as well. It's more of this technology overload because it's like a beautiful picture of your son might be mixed in with three screenshots that you had to send to the freelancer because something was <laughs> wrong with your website. And it's like, then that's so cluttered and everything. It's just been so nice to run these pictures through and create a notebook. And I'm like, oh, I have these like pictures from when I was eight years old. It's just, it's been really, really cool. That's that's perfect. I use the I use Evernote for pictures for those really really meaningful ones like you're referring to, and I put them in scrapbook. For the rest of them, I I use multiple tools, but one that I really enjoy for the purpose you just mentioned is um, it's called Google Photos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's free uh, to a point of it's basically how big of pictures you want to store in there, but they'll store your pictures for free up to sixteen megabytes. Um, uh, megapixel pictures. And here's what's so phenomenal. For one, they can back up automatically. So you don't really have to think about it other than perhaps launching the app, but it uses AI. So I have, who knows how many, uh, tens of thousands of pictures in there. And I can search for my daughter's name and the word airplane or boat. Mm. And through the AI, I could type uh, my daughter's name, Kyla, and kayak. I could type Kyla red kayak. It will find every picture in there that meets that criteria. So uh, like if I forget someone's name, but I know they had a beard, I search for San Diego beard. Wow. Um, So it makes it so even without uh, consciously tagging, like I do in the scrapbook, um, it makes it phenomenal. And, and when you, like, if, if I tagged you as Justin in there, then I just say, Justin and Charles, it will find every picture of us out of thousands of them. That is my next step. That's amazing. I literally just took notes on that. That's fantastic. Can I run, uh, if I run a picture through the, the scanner, can I just send it to Google photos? Is that how that works? Uh, yeah, basically, you can choose pictures to upload in there and then you can set your phone to automatically upload into there as well. Very cool. 
Okay. So let, I, I want to dive into this real quick and just take a couple minutes to walk people through what's really been a game changer for me is I'm all about routines. I'm a big routine guy. You talked about your nighttime routine. I have a very specific nighttime routine with lights and blue blockers and the whole thing. And um, in the morning, I'm very intentional with with my time prior to sitting down with devices. There's a lot that I want to do before the devices happen, before the phone comes out of airplane mode. But I'm wondering what it looks like for you, yourself, being just this master of productivity. Like when you get those non-digital things out of the way, let's say you have your first cup of coffee of the day and you're just turning on the electronics. What are the first few steps that you take to make sure you have a very productive day? Uh, cool. So uh, I'm glad you asked that. I actually posted a video in my Facebook group this morning on the exact same topic. So um, <clears throat> so when I get into my office, I've got a shower. Um, like I, I went on a, a trail run this morning, which was awesome. And I, I love it waking up before the alarm goes off. Mm. Like I'll wake up 10 or 15 minutes before and you're like, yes, you know, I've got yeah. this rhythm. Um, now, certainly I... When I say stuff like that, I don't want to create the illusion that all this stuff always runs perfectly. I can assure you it does not. Sure. But when when the cylinders are hitting, this is how it's supposed to go down in my view. Um, so here's the routine when I get kind of to my office. Step one is designing the environment and thinking about the type of work you plan to do that day to make sure you're doing it in the right environment. So if if I'm like if I know my job that day is to do some deeper planning, there's there's psychology behind all of this. You don't want to do that in a closed in office. If you're if you're planning your quarter, you want to be somewhere with high ceilings and lots of light mm. and stuff like that. But let's assume for a minute you're just going to work in your office because that's what you've got that day. Um, number one is creating the environment. So come in Make sure the environment is in good shape. Uh, I'll control the lighting to get it where I want. And I'll turn on the type of music or focus audio to get my mind in a high-performing state. So sometimes that's playing kind of chill music off of YouTube. I even have apps like uh, Brain FM that mm -hmm. plays uh, music that helps you focus. So that's, that's step one. Step two... Um, basically looking at your calendar, see how much working time you really have to, to work with. So uh, people like you and I have meetings throughout the day, interviews, podcasts, whatever it may be. So I analyze, okay, how much working time do you have outside of those uh, existing obligations? Mm. And then you're like, okay, what well, it could be whatever it is that day, five hours, two hours, whatever it is. Um, so you're like, cool, I have five hours today. What are all the things I need to get done? That brain dump where you're, you're just getting stuff out of your head, maybe pulling up your task list and narrowing down to the things that are really important that day. Um, and it's that balance slash battle between, uh, between things that are urgent and things that are important. Mm. Um, so a good practice, uh, my friend Steve Scott gave me the uh, this twist on choosing your top three things, which I've been teaching for a while. But his is pick two that might be more urgent and one that's important in a longer term uh, game. Like if you're writing a book, uh, two could be prepping for meetings or presentations. And the third should be something that's a longer play that 
if you don't put some time toward it, it's just never going to happen. Right. So I, I like that spin. So choosing the top things of the day, then blocking that time. I call them time locks. Mm. You're locking in the time to do the things that are important to you um, based on priority. So it's not reactivity. It's proactivity, choosing what matters to you. The things that when you go to bed that night, you're going to be like, yes, I did it. Those are the things I set out to do and I did them. Um, And then it is setting your Pomodoro timer. Mm -hmm. I track, I track the wins on the way when I, I, I kind of alternate systems just to keep things interesting for myself, but I'll, uh, everything I accomplish, I sit down or write it out or I, I capture it in my today entry in Evernote because then you're like, oh, wow, look at all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I actually got done it. It empowers you. You're like, wait, I, I am steering this ship. Look at all the stuff I got done. Yeah. And that, that motivates you to do more. But it's kind of the flow. Design the environment. See how much time you have available. Uh, get stuff out of your head, choose your top priorities, uh, put them like block the time to do that work and then get the hell to it. Yeah. That's so beautiful, man. And it's, again, it's, it's just empowering to do that. I love the idea of time locks as well, because the reactive thing will kill you. If you just let your inbox or your text messages run your day, it's nuts. So this brings me to another question of another, uh, baby bathwater attendee that was that I met in Croatia as well. This girl, Jessica, is just this amazing entrepreneur. And she introduced me to a program called Toggle, which is T-O-G-G-L. And it's one of these time uh, measuring softwares, really. So it like syncs like perfectly between my iPhone and my Mac and everything. So I've had about a 10-day experience with this now, and I'm experimenting where I track everything. If I'm reading a book, I track it. If I watch a TV show, I track it. Workouts, track it. And then my workflow, I'll put like, you know, content creation tagged with podcast content, or this is tagged with guest interview, and that timer is running in the background. And when I say that entrepreneurship tends to spill over into life, what I want people to understand when they first come to me, a lot of people don't want to track their food intake. And I'm like, well, if we don't track in the beginning, you don't know where you are. So it becomes this thing of like, how much free time, like you said, how much free time do you have besides the obligations that you have already agreed to, the things that are already scheduled? So I'll have people that come to me and say, I want to be healthy, but I don't have time to cook. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to do this. And I'm like, yeah, what'd you think of the Game of Thrones finale? And they're like, it was amazing. I've seen every episode. (laughs) I binged all of season one in a single day and I'm the biggest fan ever. And I'm like, oh, that's really interesting that you don't have time (laughs) for for cooking or workouts. But it's, it's that things, like you said, you end up watching Justin on YouTube again. When you don't know where your time is going, how could you ever plan to optimize it, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, and I forget if I told you about this, but uh, since you're experimenting with Toggle, mm-hmm. um, I, I will help you complement that behavior. Yes. This is, is okay. This tells your future. No, this is uh, <laughs> this device is from a company out of Austria. I was actually writing out the specifications to invent my own, and then I got a Facebook ad for theirs, and I'm like, sweet. Now okay. I don't have to do all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so whatever side I set this on, it tracks the time toward like, this is content creation. This is wow. planning. This is fulfilling on my client deals. This is 
operations. This is doing the company finances. Um, and you get the idea. This is like learning and studying and stuff. These are for major projects. And whatever side I set it on, it automatically tracks the time. It's got um, basically Bluetooth connection to the computer or phone to track the time. I can hashtag. So if it was fulfillment for a client, um, I can just hashtag or at mention the client's name. And I can tell you to the minute how much I've spent on each client, um, on each project, on finances, on taxes, on anything else. And here's the kicker for you. This natively integrates with Toggle. That is unbelievable. What are the odds, man? The universe is weird. <laughs> it freaks me out a lot. <laughs> like that's cr- I'm literally in the middle of this Toggle experiment. And you're like, hey, look at this thing. That's, I'm going to get my hands on that immediately. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a link if you want. You can share it in the in the show notes too. But for sure. there's a couple of reasons I like this physically because, for one, when you see it, it reminds you, oh, I need to pick what I'm actually doing. Because here's the problem: we'll pick something to work on, and maybe it's to reply to an email. So we go to email, and we're like, oh no, I need to reply to the. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Now you've now you've fallen down. <laughs> the the trap or you go to check something at Amazon and you're like, oh, I do need new socks. And now you're off doing something totally yeah, different. Yeah. So when you pick a side and then you see the timer timing away, then you're like, I don't want to pick this up every two minutes that I'm changing. I wh- what am I doing? Task switching like 50,000 times? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend at least whatever many minutes doing this and get that done. Yeah. It doesn't mean we won't capture the other thing. You can put it in things, you can write it down. So you can acknowledge and capture stuff that pops up. Don't chase it all. Finish what you start. Yeah. It's helping you get rid of that the the golden retriever brain. Like squirrel, 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 squirrel. You know, like that's 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 a really good built-in system to protect against that. Yeah. So it it's it's lovely because you're like, look, because you can tell, you're like, you start feeling silly picking it up over right. and over. You're like, fine, I'm just going to keep doing this. And that's that's where you get the deeper work done when you've put in real amounts of time. Um, and t- to me, the bigger projects, you really need like two to three hours to get your brain, get immersed in a topic and actually get something real done, not something that makes you feel like you got something done, replying to an email checking off some little task, do mm-hmm. something that matters. Yeah. And what, what's been great with me for toggle is I've had to adjust toggle day after day to get a little more granular because there are certain environments you'll walk into that are like, there's landmines all around you. And number one being your inbox, because my inbox has people who have paid me for a custom nutrition plan and are giving me information that I need to make their custom nutrition plan. But to go get those emails I'm now seeing customer service issues and people want to return their order or they want to change it to this flavor or blah, blah, blah. And what Toggle has allowed me to do is I will say, okay, right now I am just doing custom nutrition plans and I'll go through and star all the custom nutrition plans and then I go to the starred folder. I'm like, for this hour, I am just responding to custom nutrition plans. I'm not getting caught up in the mess of email. you know. So it's allowed me to be more intentional. Right. And then you get to one of the other huge benefits, and it's probably one of the primary ones, is viewing the reporting. So one month, my revenue was down. And I'm like, damn, this is lame. 
So I, uh, I pulled up the report of how much time I'd done in sales outreach and joint venture outreach. It was 2% of my time. I'm like, well, do you really wonder why your sales are down? You're not putting in the time on it. So th- this is when you can set time goals where you're like, I want to do outreach for an hour a day or whatever your number is. And then now you have a way to measure against that and adjust behavior through actual visibility. Yeah, absolutely. That's so brilliant. It's like the Jim Collins, I think, is the turning the flywheel guy. It's like, you got what are the three things that move the flywheel forward better than anything else? And that's getting granular with your time is exactly that. So yeah, I really, well, one, I hope that people will will actually work with you directly. So, and I know that there's a way to do that. So I want to talk about that as well. So you offer, um, I, I know, I think you offer more than one course at this point, I think, correct? I do. So I, I do private consulting for an array of people from just people in general looking to optimize what they're doing and, and just get control of how they plan their days, how they collect information and, and all of that to people running 20, $50 million companies who come to me for, um, you know, consulting people who hang out with Richard Branson, uh, who used to work side by side with, uh, Steve jobs. Um, those, so an array of people, uh, come to get help. And then I, I do have, uh, really affordable um, productivity courses. And I have more advanced um, programs for for people who are kind of tracking leads through a sales cycle or doing joint ventures, which probably wouldn't be most of your audience unless unless they're in any type of sales cycle of any kind where connecting with people through value-first relationship building, tracking the details, following up and closing whatever type of, of deal they may be working on. But yeah, so multiple digital courses, uh, live events, and one-on-one consulting. Fantastic. Yeah. To everybody listening, I really want you to soak this in. I mean, just think about some of the names just mentioned there. I mean, it's really, I don't know of any high performance entrepreneur who has not tackled this, this productivity thing where you really, I love that you use these terms like killing the paper tiger and kill the chaos and things like that. It's, it's so important. So at the very least, at the very least, um, Charles, I believe you have a, an Evernote webinar that I really just urge people to, to log on and, and take the time to take a look at this webinar and at least get a feel for Evernote and, and try to optimize things. So, um, am I correct about that? The webinar? Yeah, I'd like to just give that to your folks for free to check out. It's a free oh, okay. Evernote training and you can get to it and register for that by going to podcast.killthechaos.pro because we want you to be a pro at killing the chaos. That's podcast.killthechaos.pro. It's a free training. It kind of walks through the big why. It covers every core feature of Evernote. So if you did not know how to use Evernote going in or you're using it for a few things, but it's kind of like a hodgepodge yard where you're just throwing things over the fence and, and never go back to check on them, this will show you how to get that organized. And then uh, we'll show you how to take that further as well if you want. Wow, that's fantastic, man. I, I think I'm going to dive in and do that as well. Like I said, I took that course forever ago, but one, I could brush up. Two, in your talk, I took so many notes. <laughs> I'm like still trying to wrap my head around all that. So um, yeah, I think I'm going to dive in. But what I'd like to do now to just kind of wrap things up 
is one, I mean, everybody go check out this webinar. What, what do you got to lose? It, I'm telling you, you have thousands of hours over your life to save just from that alone. Um, but Charles, if you could just mention maybe, um, it doesn't have to be three things, but maybe one to three things that, that any average listener could do right now to see an immediate ROI on their productivity time. What would those things be? Sure. Well, um, I'm, I'm highly biased because it works so freaking well, but number one would be, uh, you probably have Evernote installed on your phone right now. 75% of you may have Evernote installed right now. So, uh, just press that little elephant icon, launch that thing. Um, if you don't have it, you can find it in the app store and then, uh, start capturing things in there that are interesting, important, or actionable to you. And uh, that alone, especially with the tagging that we talked about, uh, it it makes a dramatic impact in the quality of your life. Um, I'd also just recommend being more intentional on on your environment and how that's shaping you, so that you can go. Wait, is this is this actually what I want? So you can shape it instead. Meaning, like, is there a TV always on in the background? Um, is that helping you? Like uh, walking through the house with with a lens of, does that belong there or not? If I came in, would I design and put that there? I'll tell you, like coming back from a trip is a great way to do it. You'll walk in your house and go, why the hell is that there? That, mm-hmm. but, but it's become invisible to you while you're in the environment because it's like a piece of art you put on the wall and, and five months later, you don't actually even see it anymore. Um, it becomes invisible because your mind's mapped it and knows where mm. things are. Anyway, just be in, intentional about um, the things that trigger certain behaviors so you can optimize for an outcome that you really want. And uh, three would be um, gratitude. Now, you've probably heard people talk about gratitude, but it's our mind naturally defaults to pointing out the negative. It's just human nature. So if we can, as a habit, uh, figure out a few things we're actually happy about and realize, oh, wait, there's a lot a lot going on here that's good. Sure, there's a few things we want to resolve, but uh, our life is way more than those. Look at all the things going right. So as a practice, like before dinner or during dinner, we, we go around the table and say three great things that happened today or things you made happen today. and. Uh, it, it beats sitting around the table complaining about what went wrong that day. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Which is probably the norm, man. That, that is, that's beautiful advice. And I think that uh, it's great for my audience. We just did a big ask me anything um, episode last night that we do every Wednesday. And it was actually right along the lines of what you're talking about, that kind of defining your version of happiness and defining what you're grateful for, regardless of what the rest of the world is doing, you know? So I really think that that's just great advice, man. And this has been a, a masterclass on all things productivity. And I'm sure uh, we're going to have a lot of questions on the back end. So I hope you don't mind me hitting you up after this too, for all the questions that I know I'm going to get. So I hope that's cool with you. <laughs> sure. Of course. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being here. We'll do a round two sometime. And uh, yeah, man, I appreciate it. We'll put everything in the show notes for, for the whole audience. This has been really awesome, man. I appreciate it. All right, Justin. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yes, sir. Until next time.